Let's dive into it. Let's do it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. It's good to be with you guys as we dive into another week of Big 12 football action. And let's start off with that Texas-Oklahoma game. Oh my gosh, that was epic. I mean, that was epic to watch that game. I, I Like, I cover the Big 12. I love the Big 12, right? I don't really have any any horse in the race. I just, I don't. But I was on the edge of my seat. I was loving life. I was cheering just for a great game yesterday. But I admit, part of what I was cheering for was a cover. I mean, you guys know if you follow me, and I'll admit, if you have faded my picks this season, uh, you have made yourself some money. My picks have stunk to high heaven this year. And to watch that Oklahoma game and watch the Sooners cover that spread on that Kennedy Brooks touchdown with 10 seconds left, I was like, man, I was due. I was due for one of those because I had gotten hosed out of so many games this season by being on the wrong side of something like that. I finally was on the right side of something like that, and it felt good with that Kennedy Brooks touchdown with two seconds left to cover the spread of three points. I would have pushed if Burchett had kicked the field goal because I had OU minus three, but still, that just it felt really good. I needed one of those. But let's start with that game. Oklahoma with the biggest comeback in Red River history, down by 21 points. It was 14-0 before you blinked. They're down 21. They end up coming back and winning that game 55-48 over the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Obviously, Caleb Williams coming in a quarterback for Spencer Rattler is the story of this game, and that is where we have to start this whole deal. Caleb Williams should start next week against TCU. If Lincoln Riley goes back to Spencer Rattler, and I know Lincoln Riley's the quarterback whisperer. He is a great head coach. I mean, I I don't like questioning Lincoln Riley. Who, Who wants to question Lincoln Riley? But if he doesn't start Caleb Williams next week, I don't know what the heck this guy's thinking. Like, seriously, what would possibly be the reason right now to go back to Spencer Rattler after what you saw from Caleb Williams yesterday, that true freshman? This is a guy, by the way, who didn't play high school football last year because he's from the D.C. area with COVID. He didn't play any high school football last season. And the most impressive, I mean, he had a lot of impressive plays, but the most impressive play to me that Caleb Williams made yesterday at quarterback for Oklahoma was when he was uh, rolling to his right on a touchdown pass to Marvin Mims. And ESPN, Kirk Herbstreet, actually replayed that play from Caleb Williams' view. And you can see that Caleb Williams releases that ball before Marvin Mims is close to where his spot's going to be, before Marvin Mims is even looking at his quarterback. And for a true freshman to have the, the, the forward thought to have the maturity, to have the confidence to let that ball go when he did was absolutely beautiful to watch. And let's be honest, we've seen the body of work from Spencer Rattler. He has struggled all season long. All season long, Spencer Rattler's had issues. I mean, just go back to Tulane, Nebraska, West Virginia. The dude has had issues this season. It's not like it's one game. You think about last year. He got benched in the Red River game. Then he came back and everything was fine. You've got a a five-game body of work this season, and Spencer Rattler has not lived up to expectations. He just hasn't. 
That's not a that's not even an opinion. That's a fact. Caleb Williams comes in, gives this team some juice, gives them some pizzazz, and my goodness, it was fun to watch. That was the OU offense we've been waiting for all season. I mean, I have picked OU in every game to cover the spread this year, and I've been right once, and it was Western Carolina. The FBS games, I've been wrong every time, every single time. And yes, I know the offensive line needs some work. The running game is 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 not super deep, but it was also Spencer Rattler just not playing that well. Let's be honest. So when Caleb Williams came into that game, it started to turn. You felt it late in the first half, into the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, forget it. They outscored Texas 25-7. to I mean, holy cow, was that fun to watch. And I know that Lincoln Riley wants to play down this quarterback controversy, but I'm sorry. It, it's, it, you cannot hand the ball back to Spencer Rattler next week. You can't do it. And I don't know if you saw the video, but it's up on our website at heartlandcollegesports.com under the trending now section. There's a video of Rattler walking off the field after the game as his teammates are still celebrating at midfield. Terrible look. Terrible look. Now, I know people are saying, well, he's escorted off. Who knows what happened? Was he injured? Blah. Stop. Terrible, terrible look. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's a horrible look. And I don't understand why it continues to happen, but it is an absolutely horrible look for Spencer Rattler. And there's kind of these stories that continue to unfold like this sometimes where, uh, you know, we have issues with Spencer Rattler. This goes back to his high school days. He was seen as a selfish teammate. And I don't want to pile on the guy. I don't. But I sit here and I wonder to myself, well, what, what are you doing? What else could you possibly have been doing that would be more important than celebrate with your teammates? After the biggest comeback in Red River history, it's just, I don't understand it for Spencer Rattler, but that reason alone is reason enough to me to not start the dude next week against TCU. Forget the on the field, that reason alone is enough to me to not start the guy. So I, I don't know what else you're supposed to do right now if you are Lincoln Riley outside of play Caleb Williams and never look back. But that's what I'd be doing if I was uh, if I was the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Now for Texas, you know, I wrote about this um, on Sunday morning. I write a five big takeaways from whatever the week is in the Big 12. And one of my biggest takeaways was that Texas can still make a Big 12 championship and win a Big 12 championship. I mean, this offense with Casey Thompson, with... Uh, Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson. Xavier Worthy may be the best wide receiver in the Big 12. Seriously, I mean, have you watched this guy play? He had 200 and something receiving yards yesterday. He was that good. He was that impressive yesterday. It was incredible to watch. I mean, it was so fun to watch him. And I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, boy, if you are a fan of the Texas Longhorns, I know you're you're burnt right now, no pun intended. You are burnt today. But you can also look at this in a wide-open year for the Big 12 and say to yourself, why not us? Why can't we be sitting here and talking about the Texas Longhorns playing for a Big 12 championship and winning it in December? The defense has some problems. I've got real concerns about the defense. I want to see that get better, no doubt about it. I do. I think we all should want to see it get better if you're a Texas fan especially. But holy cow, I just I, this team, especially on the offensive side, gives me a lot of confidence right now. A lot of confidence. And it should give 
all Texas fans' confidence, too, as we look forward to this season. And, and Oklahoma State next week is who Texas plays. That's the kind of game that decides who plays for a Big 12 title, possibly. That's going to play a huge role in this race, which comes across right now as a four-team race for the Big 12 between uh, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. I don't see anybody else legitimately in that conversation. I mean, Iowa State, too. All right, Iowa State, too. I'm sorry, Iowa State fans. You know, you guys didn't play over the weekend, so I wasn't thinking about you. But you could make a case for those five teams and say, hey, we can win the Big 12 this year. Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas. That, that's your five right now that I legitimately believe can win the, or play for a Big 12 title. And frankly, win them because OU doesn't feel like the team that we thought it was going to be able to compete for a national championship. It doesn't feel like that kind of team right now. So that's where we're at, and that's where uh, things are at coming out of this game. But my goodness, that was epic to watch yesterday. Absolutely epic to watch that game uh, in the Cotton Bowl. And I, I hate that OU and Texas are leaving the Big 12. I do. I hate that they're leaving this conference. I'm mad at them still, all right? I love you guys, OU and Texas fans, but I'm still mad, and I think you have to understand why I would be mad. But I get it at the same time. I've said that since day one. I get it, but I'm mad about it. But I will keep watching this game because this is one of those rivalries that not only does it seem to always live up to the hype, it seems to oftentimes exceed the hype. And that's a fun place to be. So I'll be watching this game, even if I'm mad deep down, in five years, that OU Texas is now an SEC showdown. <coughs> I'm still going to watch it. Although I got to call you guys both out, OU and Texas fans. When you guys were chanting SEC, SEC at college game day, it's like, really, guys? You know, you're not even in the league yet. Can you not do that? I mean, that was, that was weak. Let's be honest. That was weak when OU and Texas fans were chanting SEC, SEC. And I think all of college game day, you know, uh, creamed themselves a little bit when they heard you guys chanting SEC, SEC. I was like, really? Come on, stop that. That's ridiculous. Before we get to the other two games, we are brought to you by our friends at mybookie.com. Use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus today for the NFL, for college. Our picks were 2-1 yesterday, by the way. We nailed OU minus 3. We nailed TCU minus 1. We lost out on West Virginia plus 3. I'll get to the Mountaineers here coming up. That's a bad scene right now in Morgantown. Uh Things are not looking good for Neil Brown. We'll get to that shortly. But uh, I feel like we're on the upswing. Good weekend of picks, 2-1, and one, trending in the right direction. And we love our friends at MyBookie. They've been loyal to us for several years. Great platform. They double your first-time deposit, by the way, at MyBookie.com with our promo code, BIG12. That is BIG12. They double your sign-up bonus right out of the gates. And that's exactly the kind of position that you want to find yourself in with our friends at MyBookie. So get on there now and sign up and use our promo code BIG12 to double your first-time deposit. It's a great place to uh, place your bets. All right, let's go to West Virginia Baylor. Oh, boy. Good question on Instagram Live. Could Neil Brown or Matt Walls get fired before the end of the season? I don't believe either guy gets fired before the end of the season. I would say... Like, it feels like Matt Wells should have the hotter seat right now. But Matt Wells is technically 4-2, and two, right? Because they went 3-0 and oh in non-conference play. 
Like you're looking up and you're saying, geez, they're four and two, but they got waxed by Texas. They got waxed by TCU. And losing those games in your own state is a bad look, a really bad look for Matt Wells. Like that matters more than losing to West Virginia or Iowa State to people at Texas Tech, as it should. I get it. They're your in-state rivals. So it's a bad look. He's in a bad spot. But Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers could be staring three and nine in the face. I don't think they go three and nine this season. But like you look at the rest of the West Virginia schedule, they'll be favored against Kansas, and that's probably it. Right? That's the only like. Look at the rest of the West Virginia schedule. Tell me who else they're going to be favored against. Nobody else. No one else they're going to be favored against. I just I, I, I look at it and I say to myself, I'm not sure what the deal is here with West Virginia, but, well, I know what the deal is. They don't have a quarterback that can compete at this level. Uh, the offensive line has its issues. And the defense, which obviously kept them in a lot of games last season and won them a lot of games last season, is still good, but it's not last season's defense. It's just not. And to go on the road to Waco, I mean, a good Baylor team, to go on the road to Waco and once again just come out as flat as they did, down 21-7 in the first quarter? I mean, they just came out flat yesterday, again, just like they did against Texas Tech at home last week. And Neil Brown was, was, you know, making a major point about this. A major point in press conferences over the last few days. Bad first half against Texas Tech, unacceptable. And then the team came out and did it again. So it's like, well, at this point, that's on you. I mean, at this point, that goes to the head coach. When you guys continue to come out as flat as this team has continued to come out uh, week after week, it seems like. I mean, they played their hearts out against Oklahoma, but, you know, with the way OU's been playing, let's be honest, I'm not sure how impressive that is anymore anyway. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what the future is for either of these guys. Because before the season, my hunch was Tech was more likely to move on from Matt Wells than West Virginia was to move on from Neil Brown. I mean, Neil Brown's got a great relationship with the AD there, Shane Lyons. Uh, you know, Auburn was looking at Neil Brown last year. So, like, Neil Brown's still a pretty sought-after guy in some respects. And frankly, I'm not a fan of moving on from either guy, to be honest. I mean, I think hitting that reset button oftentimes sets you back unless you just know you don't have that guy. And Neil Brown is starting to recruit better. He's got some nice players coming in next year. So I'm willing to give Neil Brown more time. But if he goes 3-9 and nine this year, that's a bad look, a really bad look. And you're seeing Garrett Green get a little more play, obviously, for the Mountaineers. Uh, but, you know, he's got to work on, on getting the ball out of his hands and, and, you know, just being a passing quarterback as well. But I know this, you know, you're just not going to win a lot of games with Jared Dagey as your Power 5 quarterback. And he has not grown to be the player we thought we were going to see at the end of the 2019 season. He just has not been that guy 2019 year. He hasn't been that guy. So that is a bad loss for West Virginia yesterday, more just because of how badly, you know, they got blown out by 25 points. And for Baylor, hey, give the Bears props. You know, tough loss in, in Stillwater last week. They come home, and they really just came out of the gates hot as could be. Bohannon had a couple of really nice plays early on. Tyquan Thornton is a beast at wide receiver. He had 190 receiving yards. And uh, the Bears, if the offense can play at this level with the way the defense is looking, they can absolutely, you know, be 
a contender come November. I'm not picking them to play for a Big 12 title, but they can be a contender come November and play a major role in the Big 12 race this season. And that's what's going to be really interesting and really fun to follow. Now, the nightcap, we had TCU steamrolling Texas Tech. And what you're seeing here is TCU realizing that the bread and butter is on the ground with Zach Evans. And then Kendra Miller played well as well. I mean, these two guys have, have, have been a nice one-two punch for TCU on the ground. They combined yesterday for over 320 rushing yards, five touchdown runs. I mean, Max Duggan threw the ball 10 times. Matt, Matt, your quarterback was 8 of 10 for 104 yards and a score. Ethan writes on Instagram Live, it's the best running back duo in the country. I don't know about the country, but I would say the Big 12 right now. I mean, I thought before the year I'd say that would be Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray, but that's not the case right now. But in terms of a a one-two punch, Evans and Miller are probably your go-to guys. I agree with that. And you've got a great three-headed monster in the Big 12 right now when you talk about individual running backs. Bijan Robinson, Zach Evans, and uh, Brees Hall. Those are the guys I would, if I wanted three running backs right now in the Big 12, those would be my guys. I apologize to Deuce Vaughn. I apologize to Abram Smith, Jalen Warren. Those would be my guys in that order. The order to me would be Bijan, Evans, Brees. I know Iowa State fans are going to hate that, but that would be, that would be um, my one, two, three in order. Uh, on the uh, Instagram Live, and, and by the way, I'm apologizing to you guys ahead of time on Facebook Live. For some reason, Facebook keeps disconnecting our stream middle of the conversation. I don't know what their deal is, but the last couple of weeks, Facebook Live has screwed us. We'd be in the middle of a show, and they just end. It's not my internet. I promise you that. I mean, I'm, 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 I feel like I got a second mortgage for this high-speed internet we got here. So we're fine on the internet front. Something with Facebook Live. I've used multiple browsers. It's screwing me up. But if anyone has an answer to that, please email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. I don't know what the deal is with Facebook Live. Zuckerberg's, I don't know, maybe Zuckerberg's an SEC uh, fanboy deep down. He doesn't want Big 12 content. That's it's all I can come to the conclusion on. Mark Zuckerberg does not like us pushing back on the SEC, even though I think he was a, what was Zuckerberg, a Stanford guy? I, please, Mark Zuckerberg's never watched a college. He'd be like, college what? He doesn't know what college football is. So I'm not going to hold this on Zuckerberg, but maybe there's some SEC plant in there, or ESPN plant at Facebook that's stopping our stream. I don't get it. On Instagram Live, let's see here. Pete, how do you have Oklahoma? How is Oklahoma State 3 and Oklahoma 6? That's from a Baylor fan. I'm not sure what you're referring to, our power rankings or what the reference is there. But our power rankings, by the way, will come out on Monday as they do each and every week. So that's where we're at on that. I don't know what my power rankings are going to look like, but I will write about it on Monday and talk about it on the podcast that will come out on Wednesday of this week. That's where that's going to be released. So uh, this TCU game, the story to me is the TCU running game continuing to blossom and grow into a really, really solid unit. Um, and then for Tech, I mean, uh, Texas Tech's got problems. Henry Columbia reverted back to what we expected Henry Columbia to be. Not that accurate, but not a great runner as well. I mean, de- he's like decent at everything, and he's a serviceable backup. But you do not want to be relying on Henry Columbia to win multiple Power 5 games for you 
in the Big 12. Like That is not the position that Matt Wells wants to find himself in for the rest of the season. And, and you know, you look at Tech's schedule, too. They'll be underdogs in every game they play from here on out, except for Kansas. That is it. So Tech, if they beat Kansas and lose to everybody else, they're 5-7. and seven. They got to get two more wins to be bowl eligible. If they get two wins, which is not impossible, they can win two more games, uh, they'll get to a bowl game and Matt Wells keeps his job. That's the threshold for Matt Wells this season. He's got to get to a bowl game and he will keep his job. If he does that, all right, that's that's where I think things are at for Matt Wells. He's lucky he went three and zero in non-conference play. I'll put it that way because that gives him obviously some room to work with going forward. And for TCU, I, I mean, this is a TCU team I thought could be a dark horse in the Big Twelve race. They started to look like that on Saturday. You know, they had almost four hundred rushing yards, three hundred ninety-four, a crazy big number. But I, you know. It's the defense, frankly, that concerns me a bit more than the offense right now. So I'm not seeing a lot for TCU when I look at the Big 12 top to bottom and think that this is a contender in the Big 12 race. It, it feels like a 7-5 and five team to me right now, which would be four straight mediocre seasons for Gary Patterson at this point, which is not what Gary Patterson wants or what TCU fans expect, but that's what I'm kind of pinpointing for this team as things currently stand. So it was a short week, or not a short week, but obviously it wasn't a packed week of Big 12 football with just three games. But there were plenty of storylines coming out of week six, highlighted by, of course, Oklahoma and Texas. And what an epic, epic game that was. So that'll wrap it up for us, guys. I'm Pete Mundo, of course. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us on the podcast. Uh, We're on YouTube as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter all your social media locations, and of course, go check everything out. All the updates are at heartlandcollegesports.com. Be sure to go, of course, uh, leave a rating and a review on the podcast, by the way. I've got free koozies. They just came in the mail. I'm showing them right now on Instagram Live. New koozies came in the mail, and they are outstanding, so we'll get you those here when you leave a rating and a review on the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And our promo code at mybookie.com is big12, that's big12, to double your first-time deposit. You can't beat it. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Subscribe to the show. We'll talk to you this week. Take care.